tell your friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. A beautiful day in the neighborhood as we get ever and ever closer to Christmas. Oh, <laughs> Just you know, it was starting to feel like it, too. It was getting chilly, you know, really yeah. chilly. Not that high school football weather chilly, but that, ooh, we better start a fire chilly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, I was looking yesterday, uh, late in the afternoon, there was a story breaking about a car above Niagara Falls in the water. Oh. And I don't know if you saw any of it, but no. there was. Oh, okay. Well, go look it up because they they videoed or videoed everybody on their phone. You know, is shooting video because there's a car in the water, a couple hundred feet from the edge of going over the falls. Wow! It was not a stunt. A woman apparently drove a sixty-something-year-old woman drove over the got in the river. Wow! And the but dude, the rescue. I'm I'm serious. You're gonna have to look this up, Mark. The rescue Coast Guard has a helicopter. They drop a guy, you know, on the like a bungee cord, right? And he yeah, goes, yeah. they lower him all the way down, and he's able to pull the woman's body out of the car. Right, yeah. But uh, she did not survive. Yeah. And uh, they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened. But it was one of those things I'm watching it going, oh, my goodness. You know? Yeah. It's usually you see something like that, and it's a stunt. Yeah. But it's just one of those little heads up. If you're planning on going to someplace like Nakalula Falls or something, be mindful of what you're doing, I guess, you know? Well, and knock a little falls, you might get your feet wet. But <laughs> have you been to Nakalula Falls? I'm, I actually was thinking about the drop, whether there's water or not, Mark. You dropped that far. Yeah, you're going to be like Groundhog Day. It might be all right. Well, not now. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show in the morning and weekday, uh, or, yeah. What? Weekday mornings. Hello. But yeah, you, wait a minute. It's the Mark and Mac. you know, remember that, the, the Mark and Mac morning show, oh, weekday gosh. mornings from, oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. don't want to confuse anybody. No, morning. Anyway, so, we got us during the morning and then great music all day long. The yeah. soundtrack for your life. That's what I was trying to spit out, but I couldn't because Chevy Chase was on my mind. You know. <laughs> For whatever reason, Charleston, South Carolina has become like this gathering spot for celebrities like mm. Bill Murray. You know, he's yeah. crashed a few parties in Charleston. And now we've got Chevy Chase doing the same thing at a uh, South Carolina fast food yeah. drive through. Yeah. Well, I don't know why anybody else was there. I know why Chevy Chase was there. But he did make a surprise visit to a South Carolina chicken restaurant while he was in town for a special screening of his holiday classic, the, uh, Christmas Vacation. After grabbing a bite to eat at the Raising Canes in Charleston, Chase decided to get to work behind the counter. He put on a Santa hat and began taking orders at the register before he moved out to the drive through line. He also made time to chat with his new co-workers and joke with customers during his shift. <laughs> Raising Cane's, it's a fast food chain with locations around the country. They're known for their chicken fingers and special sauce. Mm. And Chevy Chase isn't known for his work in the restaurant business, but he is known for a long <laughs> career in the entertainment industry. He's yeah. 78 now. Um, wow. He was a cast member of Saturday Night Live, the original host of the show's Weekend Update segment. He also starred in movies, uh, National, Lampoon, National Lampoon's uh, series, and he went back to TV for several seasons on the, sh on the show Community. <laughs> yeah, that went well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Boy. What, they didn't list his, his late night show. Remember that? The yeah. Late, well, yeah. What lasted three weeks, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. When he was doing SNL, you know, he was only on Saturday Night Live for one season. Right. And uh, he actually, he didn't get catfished, but it was close. Mm. He was dating a woman out in California. And she, you know, said she was, he was like 30-ish. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't an, uh, he wasn't a real young guy, but he wasn't old either. And she had told him that she was pretty much a little bit younger than him. And anyway, he goes to New York as the head writer. He was hired as a writer on SNL. Yeah. And he goes there. And anyway, she starts guilting him. You know, you need to come back to L.A. Blah, blah, blah. So he leaves. He actually left after one season of Saturday Night Live to go back to this woman who was actually... I think 15 years older than him. Oh, my goodness. And, and yeah, he found out that a lot of what... So, he got basically, he, you know, he, he walked scared. away. Oh, yeah, man. big time. But anyway... I don't think I'll ever... There, I think the second season, one of the uh, openers in the second season, has him out on the sidewalk, one of this guitar case open, playing music. Oh, busking? <laughs> busking on the sidewalk. There out you front. go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Love him. Yep. radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know a couple of minutes ago we were talking about chevy chase yes. being in charleston south carolina now you mentioned that he was there for a showing of christmas vacation yeah a special screen in there yeah yeah and i pointed out how bill murray has also been in charleston well it, he's been there many many times and the reason is bill murray actually owns a home in the charleston area Ah, okay and it's like he would show up at just random places, like at a wedding. One day he showed up at a wedding reception one time. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, okay, while the Chevy Chase stuff is going on about him working the drive-thru, you've got Bill Murray snapping a picture um, of himself like he's taking a nap on the sidewalk next to a kid in a stroller. <laughs> and, of course, it's a stage photo. He's not actually yeah, a bum, right. you know, asleep. Yeah. But anyway, it's just kind of funny, you know, that um, now Chevy Chase was in North Charleston, whereas... Bill was more towards the battery area. But yeah. anyway, Bill it's Murray does funny. Some, he does some crazy stuff. Yeah. He'll show he up. Does, he, he'll just walk in, crash a wedding, yep. you know, things like just that. Just randomly show mm -hmm. up somewhere and yeah. join the fun and then leave. And mm -hmm. it's like, but anyway, can you imagine him? You're in Charleston and in a 24 hour period, you got Chevy Chase and Bill Murray in, you know, wow. doing things out in public. It's like, holy cow, where's the parade? You know, <laughs> what is this? California? What are they thinking? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. <laughs> Having one of them their days, huh? No doubt about it. I need a new mailbox. Yeah. So, Mark, well, you got a fortified mailbox. <laughs> I, got, I got a package. I was just telling you I got this package yesterday, and they shoved it into my mailbox, and there's like almost a foot of it hanging out the front. <laughs> it's just like, meh. What if it rains? I don't yeah. care. I delivered it. No. I don't care. You know, it's in his box. Okay, <laughs> right. it's there. And they put all the other the paper mail in there first, and then the oh yeah, I got the package. And they crammed the package in in front of the wow. others, and just shoved all the paper mail to the back in a big wad. It was unbelievable. Just, I just don't understand. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. The guy's thinking the guy or the girl or whoever is thinking it's dark. I want to go home. Yeah. I don't care anymore. You know. Well, you know. Again, I pointed this out. At least it your stuff didn't end up like in a fedex <laughs> ditch somewhere true. but meanwhile in ohio you've got a fortified mailbox mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah and somebody tried to sue because they hit it and 
it caused some serious okay. damage. But the Ohio, I hit your mailbox. Yes, yes. I get hurt, so I sue yes. you because <laughs> I got hurt hitting your mailbox. Okay, that that's the world we live in. Yeah. The Ohio Supreme Court. Wait has, a minute, Mark. I'd have got him more than that. <laughs> Stop, Stop breaking the breaking law. The, law. Yes, the Ohio Supreme Court has ruled a Huron County couple is not liable after a truck hit their fortified mailbox and flipped in 2016, leaving the motorist with paralyzing injuries. The issue. I wonder with, if there's a YouTube video on what this thing looked like, because I'd like to have a mailbox <laughs> like that. Me too. The issue at hand for the court was... Uh, for the court to decide was whether or not the homeowner is liable for the crash, given that the driver alleges his pickup truck would not have flipped over had it not been for the fortified mailbox post. The Supreme Court ruled five to two that landowners owe no duty to protect motorists who leave the regularly traveled portion of the road and strike an object in the uh, in the right of way in Ohio. The right-of-way is a general term used to describe property near the side of a public okay. road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. The guy, actually, there's a little more to the story. The guy is arguing, well, the, the, no, what? That was a, I'm getting two things mixed up. That's yeah, another it doesn't story even matter, Mark. Yeah, right, think yeah. about it. My mailbox, if the postman shuts the door too hard, it falls <laughs> over. <laughs> Meanwhile... This guy has drilled a thing and cemented it into the center of the earth. What is this thing made of? LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show where when Bucky's opened up yeah. in our area, it went just gaga. Oh, I mean, yeah. people went crazy over this huge convenience store, you know, <laughs> and which that's what it is. It's, it, it's it really funny. Is, yeah. It's a big convenience store, which is fine. I have no problem with convenience stores. And and Bucky's is cool. But I remember when it opened and people went out of their way to go to this place. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, you know. Well, now, Mark, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but a woman and her family uh, have just about shut down the Internet um, over a TikTok video. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, her, I guess her, uh, what do you call the name, you know, for your TikTok thing? It's Crazy Life of Ash. Okay. Anyway, she yeah. they visited uh, a Fort Worth location of Bucky's. All right, and a couple things happened. Okay, she mispronounced <laughs> the name. Okay, instead of calling it Bucky's, she called it Bussies. Oh, all right. And you know the logo, <laughs> the the mascot for Bucky's is Bucky the Beaver. Right. Yes. Okay. She called it a gopher. <laughs> she said, I guess they like their gophers in Texas. <laughs> it's like, you ain't from what? around here, is you? <laughs> yeah. And so she stopped by Bussies and liked their gopher. Wow. And so she, her TikTok thing went crazy. I mean, you've got 362,000 likes. You've got people doing duets with her. You know, it's just. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy how this goes, man. And, uh, but again, Bussies. I mean, so I guess next it's the instead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's the Tampa Bay Boussineers, you know, or <laughs> Boussiers. I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's weird. Have you ever? Do you have a TikTok, Mark? I know uh, we don't no, have one. No. Okay. I don't. Uh, All right. Well, we got to have one. I'm just okay. saying uh, really? because we do. Yeah, because this is the place where our mocking actually would pay off. <laughs> I think you know. Oh man.
liferadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show weekday mornings with great music all day long. The soundtrack for your life. Um, I thought, Mark, this story, okay, it actually deserves the stupid criminals. It really does. So let's give it to it. A woman was arrested on several drugs charges after authorities received an anonymous tip. She was preparing to smoke marijuana during a Facebook Live. Ha! We don't need anything else. That's enough right there. Yep. <laughs> Around 9.15 a.m. last Thursday morning, the Columbus County Sheriff's Office was notified that Candace Keene, she's 33, was preparing marijuana to be smoked on a, in a live stream on Facebook, according to a news release from the Sheriff's Office. Uh, they say investigators reviewed the social media account and were able to observe a, the video, says a spokesperson for the department. Uh, in their release investigators and heat deputies i don't know what that stands for um went to the home of candace keen and spoke to her about the narcotics scene in the video which she did not deny investigator mm-hmm. investigators found and collected unspecified amounts of marijuana and a controlled prescription medicine not prescribed to keen during a search <laughs> of the home Mm-hmm. Wow. While in a patrol vehicle following her arrest, Keene threatened to purposely urinate in the vehicle, according to the news release. Wow. <laughs> I'm thinking the cop probably says, you wouldn't be the first. Yeah, really? Um, <laughs> you realize what you're sitting in right now? No. <laughs> Keene was taken to jail and charged with possession with intent to manufacture, sell, or deliver a Schedule Six controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia, and damage to government property. Her bond, uh, <laughs> that must have been the back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, her bond was set at $4,000 secured. Um, the, wow. the, uh, a spokesperson wrote in their release, we want to thank the citizens that report concerns to us, no matter how large or small. In North Carolina, marijuana is illegal, and we have a duty to enforce all laws, no matter the opinion. We yep. have collected some marijuana that was contained, that has contained fentanyl and other deadly drugs and narcotics. Yep. You know, Mark, and this is the sidebar to all of this. I know that um, in some states, you know, smoking marijuana is legal. Right. Alabama is not legal. Uh, North Carolina is not legal. Many states are still not legal. And it's really frustrating because in the, we have a generational gap issue where people who, it seems to me, people under the age of 40 have grown up in an era where weed was fine, you know? Yeah. And it's whatever the argument you want to have. And it's because of that that people all over the country think it's perfectly okay to just do it. They Mm. don't see a problem. And I've told many young people, look, if it's illegal here, it's illegal. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't have to, you don't have to like it. But the reality is I, I get it. You know, everybody wants to have their own little thing, but, and this comes from a believer standpoint. If you're a believer, do you really, is this the hill you want to die on? Do you Mm. think this is how is this the best representation that you can be for what we claim to believe and follow? Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, you're going to come up with no, but you, you know, with the, the younger people, no, but no, mm-hmm. there is no, no, but mm-hmm. it just is, you know, the whole idea of Bible and bud, you know, which I have heard so many times among people under 30, it's like, that is not something to joke about, Yeah, you know, to put yourself in an altered state and yeah. claim you're studying God's word is not no. the goal. And I, I just, you know, for, for me personally, I know that the life that I have lived, there are many things that open a door 
to a lifestyle you don't want. Mm. And that's one of the marijuana is one of those gateways, not for everyone, right. but for many. Yeah. Just like the beer in your parents or grandparents' fridge, the cigarettes in your mom's pocketbook, you know, any number of things that become gateways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for ours, and this is for believers, you know, we actually are going to have to stand firm on a number of things about lifestyle choices that can impact you negatively and your ability to share the gospel. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show where... <laughs> <laughs> Super criminals abound. Mark, every yes, every do. place you look, it's like, ah, oh, man, what were you thinking? Mm, you weren't, were Car- you? <laughs> no, carjackers are using Apple AirTags to yeah. track high-end vehicles? Yeah. Um, Apple launched AirTags earlier this year. Um, they're a little, uh, it's a little device that you can, uh, that you can use double stick tape or whatever to attach it to your possessions right mm-hmm. you know, like okay. like the back of your phone or someplace on your laptop right. maybe your ipad or something like that. in case you misplace it you can just find it wherever it happens oh. to be and okay yeah. i see i actually thought this was going to be like a nicholas cage movie you know that had you know like what was it gone in 60 seconds this is going to be gone in 90 minutes or something <laughs> you know yeah. well, he's gotten older so right but um it's a tracking device and one of the concerns that a lot of people had was what if somebody drops one of those in my purse and they can track me, you know, and follow me. And that was, and Apple, Apple said, oh, well, that's not going to happen. You're not going to ah. blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, um, car thieves are now using these things to track high-end vehicles, showing them the location of their target in real time. From September 21 until now, from September of this year until now, the York Regional Police have encountered already five cases where suspects used Apple AirTags to track vehicles they were allegedly planning to steal. Thieves put the trackers on publicly parked cars uh, and uh, they situate the device in an out-of-sight place, like on trailer hitches, bumpers, the gas cap area. Thieves can then track the vehicle until they find it in a suitable location where they can steal it. Somewhere like the victim's residence, you know, at night. Hiding Apple's air tags in a car is only possible because of its compact shape and size. It's round shape and small dimension. It's a bit bigger than a quarter. Make hiding the tracker easier and quicker than actually stealing the car in a high-risk area. Applying an adhesive magnet to it makes placing it on any out-of-the-way place on a vehicle easy and fast. To prevent AirTag owners from using Apple's tracker to stalk others, the manufacturer implemented countermeasures to hinder those who try. If your car has a thief's AirTag hidden somewhere and you have an iPhone, you can detect it in your in your vicinity. Even if you don't own an iPhone, the tracker will start emitting an alarm sound sometime between 8 and 24 hours after moving from the owner's vicinity. <laughs> this time window is still more than enough time to steal the car, but you can use other measures to prevent thieves from succeeding in their objective. A couple of examples include parking your car in the garage instead of your driveway or using steering wheel locks to prevent them from driving, even if they can start it. Well, so it's on you, right? It's yeah. on you now. <laughs> so basically, yeah, we're just help. Yeah, well, come on now. Yeah, yeah. Lock your doors. That'll help. Uh huh. Sure. Right. I was just thinking, how many criminals now know what to do? Because I didn't. I had mm-hmm. never heard of this. Never thought of it. And now it's like all well. I'm thinking is the Mark and Max show now just became you know, <laughs> hey, crime 101. Here you go. Let's show you what to do and things to watch out for. Did you know this was a thing? Uh, I I knew that that I had seen somebody mail air tags around the world and track right. them. 
everywhere. Uh-huh. So okay. I, the, wow. the possibility is of what you Don't can they do have TV? <laughs> you know, come on. Really? <laughs> Listen, have you skimmed through YouTube? I mean, mm-hmm. there are people on YouTube who don't have any other life but their whole YouTube life. It's all they do. And they find weird things to do. And this guy mailed he he mailed one of these things uh he mailed one to Elon Musk. Ah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh and he's uh he mailed uh, one I think to the factory where they make them in China and there was another one he mailed at some place in Russia and he tracked them all around the globe as they went. Yeah, I wish he would have used FedEx because he could have found out which guy dumped that <laughs> stuff in the ditch. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show and as we head into the Christmas season, which we're, I guess we're here, Christmas season. Oh yeah. Um, Deep in. You know, because it, it begins in August now. Yes, it does. And, uh, it ends on the 26th and then i think next year i was reading a calendar thing and it said the first christmas sale begins march 15th so we got a couple of months to think about things. wow meanwhile claims of a christmas tree shortage uh i've seen this mark and mm-hmm. i i was concerned how you know because did we forget about the plastic what it, we do not have those white metal ones anymore how do we have a christmas tree shortage well every year somebody warns you you better hurry out to the nearest tree lot or well, they also photos. warn you, you better watch out, Mark. Yes, you better and not cry. you better not yes. cry. Mm-hmm. You better I, not pout. <laughs> telling you why. Well, they tell you it's, it's, it's supposedly it's going to be hard to find something to put your Christmas presents under. To figure uh-huh. out what's behind this never-ending tree supply issue, yeah, let's turn to the experts at the National Christmas Tree Association. There is a National Christmas yes. Tree Association. Look out right. your window and go grab any tree. Right. That's what, yes, that's what we used to do when I was a kid at my grandmother's in South Alabama. My dad would take us kids out into the woods and hike around and find the tree and cut it down. That's what we used Ain't to no do. Ain't no shortage. Ain't, that's right. But that was out in the country and, you know, back just after they got daylight in South Alabama. Doug Hundley, he's a spokesperson for the trade group, set the record straight saying the shortage talk has been going on for the fifth year now. And those of us at the NCTA have tried to put water on that fire, but it just doesn't work. There is no nationwide Christmas tree shortage. So why does everybody keep saying there is? It's because between 1995 and 2015, there was actually an oversupply of trees. Hundley says people were very accustomed to seeing hundreds of trees on tree lots all the way through Christmas Eve and even the week of Christmas. That's not a good sign for us, of course. Uh, It wasn't that demand was down. We just had planted a lot of trees. The overabundance of Christmas trees meant farmers couldn't raise prices. That made profit margins slim. So Hundley said many family-run operations were shutting down. Then the the recession hit, and many cash-strapped farmers decided to plant fewer seedlings. Christmas trees take at least seven or eight years to grow before they can even be sold as a young tree. That's why people started to feel the effects of the 2008-2009 recession a few years ago. Well, Hundley admitted there are fewer trees in Christmas tree lots than there were 20 years ago, but he said that's a good thing. There's less waste as supply better matches up with demand. He says there's been a change in the supply of real trees in the last five years, but we don't characterize it as a shortage because we don't believe that any community is going without real trees to choose from or that anybody's going without a real tree if that's what they want. So the bottom line is there's still plenty of trees. There's just not as many trees as there were out there because... They had way too many at, at you know for years. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Every year, Christmas tree shortage. Mm-hmm. Every year, yep. Every year, yep. You do. You hear it. Oh, you better get one. There's a shortage. Well, <laughs> well, 
it's kind of like the car lots. If you look, there's not as many cars on car lots today. But they oh, get, no. But they got as many as they need. <laughs> <laughs> the Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark, uh, a couple of minutes ago, you were talking about how the Christmas tree shortage is making it for millions of Americans not being able to get a tree. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so long we're pro- we we keep pr- promoting the myth. Yeah, yeah, you got to stay with it, man. Well, there's this family. They were looking for their dog, and yeah. I thought, wait a minute, maybe if they followed the dog, they could find their tree. <laughs> the Christmas you trees. never know. <laughs> You've got a bunch of dogs, right? Oh, good grief, Mark! <laughs> How many do you have now? All of them. <laughs> You can't have all of them because my sister-in-law's got the red. I've got oh. a bunch of them. I don't, I don't know how many we have or, today. She's got eight or nine now, you know. If you <laughs> lost your dog, you know, actually, <laughs> we have three rescue dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, two non-rescue. Okay, so five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, a partridge and a pear tree. I, actually, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, there might be more. I don't know, Mark. Right. You know. And most of them are little dogs except for Hank, right? Hank, yeah, Hank Hank is my Hank has been a, a real treat. The uh, bulldog has just been amazing uh, yeah. to watch because the little dogs would yip at him and stuff. <laughs> and it, when he was a puppy, he would play, you know, and it's like yeah. they would try to do their dominant thing, you know, the right. boy dogs. And and Hank at first, and he was scared because he was a puppy. Yeah. He's still a puppy, he's just huge. And so now <laughs> it's like once he figured out and it was Gizmo that taught him this cuz <laughs> you know, Gizmo's our little rescue dog who He's handicapped, you know, yeah. and so he doesn't know that his back legs don't work, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little corgi, and he just, he's a, a small corgi, but Gizmo would bark at him, and finally, Hank got to this point, and I don't know if it happened on purpose or accident, but Hank put his little paw on Gizmo's head when Gizmo was trying to bite him. He put his paw on his head, and he just laid on him and made him stop he didn't and it was just that was it and so now when the other you know yipping dogs you know try to mess with him he just he does the same thing he pins them down and lays on him. he doesn't bite he that's doesn't hurt him funny and it's like are you it's almost like the big brother going you call him now boy yeah you know, that's right I'll let you up all right so anyway hank's well, my buddy though. yeah now if you if you had the dogs out in the yard and hank went missing you'd notice right away it's just oh yeah but with the pack of them it's like the little ones it's like how many do we well donna how many do we have you know yeah you know (laughs) well imagine having a like something like a like a saint bernard big dog and it turns up missing you'd notice right away right well 32 year old kyle barrett was visiting family with his wife and kids and the dog when everybody noticed that samson the dog had disappeared he was gone however nobody expected to look up (laughs) And find this St. Bernard sniffing around on the roof of Kyle's mom's place. The family's from Lim in Cheshire, England. Uh, Then they had this job of coaxing this one-year-old puppy to come down after he found his way to an exciting new place to explore. How did he get on the roof? He says, we could hear this loud banging and realized at the same time we couldn't find the dog. I, I was a bit surprised. It's not every day you see a 132-pound St. Bernard walking around on the roof. Wow. He says Samson, who believed, uh, he, he believes wanted to wander off for a bit, was uh, sure-footed and fortunately came down with ease. But, however, Kyle, he's an IT worker, also admitted being a bit nervous that this dozy dog would 
fall off after he managed to climb up the roof through the garage. So he found a path going through the hmm. garage to get out onto the roof. But wow. You're looking around. Anybody seen the dog? I mean, it's wow. the size of a small horse. How do you 132 pound dog. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and it's just a year old. It's Man. a puppy that weighs 132 pounds. Good gravy. I wonder if, does he have like that alcohol barrel around his <laughs> neck, you know? Is that the <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark every now and again you'll send me a story and my first thought is what it's like every this day one, though <laughs> yeah it's like dozens of camels barred from saudi beauty contest and i'm wondering mm-hmm. were they barred from being in the contest i mean i've seen some of these women covered up and i'm wondering do we say the camels are not allowed to compete or you know well Let's find out. So, yeah, I mean, Saudi. Well, I, look, Mark, yeah. in a circus, you ride the elephant. That's yes. the thing. Small yeah. towns, you ride the elephant in the circus. Do you ride the camel in the Saudi contest? That's what I'm kind of after. I'm mm. like camels in the beauty contest. I there's okay. something not right about this. Right. But unless they're having like a talent for spitting, can the camel spit <laughs> further than the contestants? You know, it might even be weirder than that. All right. Saudi authorities have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contestants that received Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups. So says Camels? The, yes. So says the state-run Saudi press agency, with over 40 camels being disqualified from the annual pageant. So this really is a beauty pageant for camels? Yes. I <laughs> thought they were just ugly women. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's popular king, Abdulaziz Camel Festival, which kicked off earlier this month, invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels to compete for some $66 million in prize money. Botox injections, facelifts, uh, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive are strictly prohibited. Jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camels, heads, necks, humps, dress, and postures. Judges at the month-long festival. It goes on for a month, Dave. In the desert northeast of the Saudi capital, Riyadh, are escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels, so says their official news agency, using specialized and advanced technology to detect tampering. This year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels, used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, injected camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax their faces. I'm out. I am just out. (laughs) Done. I think this wins for the weirdest story we have ever had. Mark... It's official. You and I, we've been left behind. Wow. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And um, Mark, I, you know, we were talking about the camel beauty pageant a couple of minutes ago. We can't get away from it. No. I'm like, you know, we have weird stuff here. I, I'm with you. You know, yeah. I mean, we got the ugliest dog contest and stuff yes. like that. But mm-hmm. I'm. I really did think it was a beauty pageant in Saudi Arabia, and it had a sidebar thing on about camels or something. I right. didn't know we were actually talking about a camel beauty pageant and how far people would go to win. I thought we were the crazy people about winning, you know? 
All right. Oh, well, man. Moving along, yes. just because we can, could we get a UFO Bigfoot story somehow sure. into the show? You want UFOs? I got yes. you UFOs here. Conspiracy. I, I want UFOs, Mark. <laughs> We're going to satisfy that craving. Conspiracy theorists believe that a number of mysterious sounds that have been heard coming from a lake in Colorado are proof that an alien base is beneath the waters. Recordings were taken from Steamboat Springs in the United States by a, an employee of the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Service on December 2nd. They shared those noises on Twitter where they were picked up by alien, alien enthusiasts, <laughs> UFOs, sighting, uh, UFOs sightings daily. They were uh-huh. described as strange Star Wars sounds and apparently confirmed the existence of an alien base beneath the lake. And I have the sound. Here it is. All right. That is the sound we're talking wow. about here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Well, Scott Waring, Scott C. Waring, not to be confused with any other Scott Waring, from the UFO group said, White sphere UFOs have been recorded and eyewitnessed uh, by thousands of residents of Colorado over the last few years. The signals point to there being an alien base deep below the lake, which amplifies the sounds below due to it being frozen. It acts as an amplifier. Alien bases are never small. Most like most are Three to six kilometers, that's uh, 1.8 to 37 miles deep, and cover an area of about 3.1 miles, and even mm-hmm. have their own weather system with chances of rain. He adds, <laughs> this is 100% proof of an alien base below this lake <laughs> in Colorado. Oh, my word, Mark. <laughs> wow. But if signals can travel up from the alien base, then it would also work to send signals back down to the base, a loud enough speaker placed in a dugout eh, about <laughs> three feet deep, a, an ice hole in the center of the lake would be sufficient to send the Masonic signal. Uh-huh. But what would you say? In the wrong hands, it could cause an alien military response. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> eh, that's not the only theory. A lot of oh, people think on. it could be just the shifting of the ice that can make similar noises. Play to it that. again. Yeah. Can you play it again? Sure, yeah. I swear that's the sound effect from them shooting those guns in Star Wars. It does sound it like it doesn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another person comments, hey, ice makes this noise at random times when it gets thicker and thinner. Another said, I've heard these sounds myself in winters when, when it's icy. It's got nothing to do with aliens. And the uh-huh. third one says, that's the sound of the McDonald's ice cream machine. <laughs> That's what it makes when, <laughs> to let you know it's out of order. <laughs> wow. Actually, Mark. <laughs> I, yeah, come on. I mean. Flash of light you saw in the sky was not a UFO. Swamp <laughs> gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from me. Oh, that explains it. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show where aliens have stolen Mark, but they brought it back. I don't think you look the same, though, Mark. <laughs> no, I'm fatter. Um, now nah, you look like the Paul McCartney from the uh, cover of the album. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. You know, Mark, at some point in time. You're saying okay. I look like an old woman. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got Mark before and after, so 
Wow. At what point in time do we just say we we now have lost everything when, you know, it's just <laughs> you got camel beauty contests. Yeah. You got alien bases under lakes. I What's mean, next? <laughs> Are we going to show people breaking into stores in the middle of the day because they don't <laughs> think video is attached to everything? Well, now that you mention it, uh, surveillance video captured. Wait, hang, hang on a second. I got to do this right because uh, no! surveillance video captured two burglars crashing into an, a Los Angeles area storefront and stealing the jewelry that was on display there. The damage caused by the crash ranged eh, between fifteen dollars to $20,000, but the merchandise loss really wasn't all that much. The robbers got away with $200 worth of fake jewelry. <laughs> wow, here's your sign. Do you really think they keep the big stuff out front? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And Mark, I want to go back to something very quick. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, the last story, you, you were talking about these burglars, okay? Yes. They crash into the front of a jewelry store and steal stuff on display. Yes. All right. Do people really not know? I mean, <laughs> that the stuff sitting out front that you can hit with a hammer and run, yeah. you know, that that it's cubics, right? I mean, they, right. they put cubics or coins. They like, we'll, if, we'll if show you the real stuff, but yeah, even if it's that valuable, it could be plastic. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking, come on, man. I mean, if you're going to be a criminal, I mean, really think this through, please. That yep. just, it boggles my mind. That's why we call them stupid criminals. I know. No! I'm just kind of lost on it because, you know, in this day and time where we've got, you know, one, the one thing we have seen, Mark, in so many uh, liberal cities, cities that have liberal, oh, uh, yeah. uh, where they're not, you know, where there's, we're not going to crack down on crime because these poor mm -hmm. people, blah, blah, blah. Right. And. So we've watched as store upon store has just been looted, you know, in the mm -hmm. middle of the business day where, you know, you're standing at the crash register forking over $65 for a pack of gum and you got 20 <laughs> people behind you running out with bottles of whatever, you right, know, yeah. and nobody's stopping them. It's like, why are you bothering to pay, you know, for this, if they're going to just walk out the store mm. and we keep seeing this. And it's like, um, yesterday there was a huge article that was running across most of the platforms about at grocery stores where they're putting up extra security, you know, extra mm -hmm. poles to slow down the burglars, I guess. I yeah. mean, <laughs> but they're doing it at groceries. I would think that some of the places that had more than just, I don't know, perishable food items, yeah. like diamonds, maybe they'd put something up to stop, you know. Yeah. That Man, it's I, just, I just had this flashback about, uh, uh, I was in, uh, in Honduras. This is a long mm -hmm. time ago. Went there for a Compassion International trip. And, uh, they they were taking us to some place outside of the city center, and we stopped at an intersection next to a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Actually, we pulled into the, the we pulled in because the guy wanted to get bottles of water and stuff like that for okay. the trip. And so we're sitting there in the parking lot at this at this grocery store, and I'm looking around, and there's a fence with razor nope. wire on the top. Okay, where were you now? This Honduras? is in, in Honduras, okay. in Tegucigalpa, okay. Honduras, okay. in the capital city. There's a, a fence around the uh, the store with a razor wire on the top, and there's there's there is a guy standing, walking back and pacing back and forth in front of the doors, in front, wearing black paramilitary gear, carrying an automatic weapon. So was this like a grocery store slash jail? I no, mean, I'm just no, curious. It was a grocery store, and wow. they and it was common all over this all over the place because they're the crime is so high. 
right. there that they they these places can hire private security and they have private security standing outside with weapons. Wow. Yeah. Check your ID on the door and make sure you show us you got your credit card, debit card, or money. That's right. That's the only way you're getting in the store. Yeah, pretty much. And you go to <clears throat> you go through nicer neighborhoods, and they have like they'll have uh, they may not have razor wire up, right? But you will see things on the tops of like they'll have a wall around where they park right. their cars, and uh, the the guy said, "Oh yeah, you can't see it from here, but on top of the wall, there's broken bottles. There's you know <laughs> things like that. They put yeah Man. to keep people from getting into and stealing their vehicles wow. and stuff like that." And wow. The crime is so bad. <clears throat> and this is this is in okay. Uh, it, I thought you were going to say San Francisco, but you're talking no, about a foreign country now. Yeah, okay. but this is the, like this is like okay, and you're thinking, "Oh, that's a that's a banana republic. That's a place." No, so that I'm can, thinking San that Francisco. Could, uh, that, yeah, you would think yeah, that could never happen here, but guess mm-hmm. what? It's happening yeah. here. They couldn't wow. they couldn't defund the police because the people said, "What are you nuts?" So yeah. they just turn they just don't they just don't put anybody in jail and they eliminated bail. They just put them back on the streets again. <laughs> right? It's crazy. And, What's really, yeah, you're right. It is, it is nutso, but when you look at, they try, they being the, the liberals try to defund Mm -hmm. the police. Yeah. And you said when that didn't work, they came up with, well, we just won't enforce these laws. Right. But they are enforcing them on some people, not all, (laughs) just some. Yes. And it's like, so I, every time I think about being in another part of the country from where we live, we live, you know. It's like we are still living under the old, like the old regime, you know, Mm -hmm. where the same regime, yeah, yeah, where you know you raise your family, you have uh, the people respect the police. You know, we still have children in school here that say, when I grow up, you know, third grade boy, I want to be a astronaut, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a policeman. We still have that. Yeah, you go to these other places, like you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a kingpin. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, the thing is that this happens when uh, when communism is not just creeping in but it's beginning to take over and it's if you see it in country after country where crime starts going crazy and the government the people in the government who want communism to be their form of government will say well we we can solve this problem yeah give us the power yeah yeah that's it yeah. and next thing you know there's no food in the grocery stores and people exactly. are at the zoo get eating the yeah. parrot for dinner and those people you gave the power are all fat and worth millions of dollars that's why fidel castro was worth over a billion dollars when he died life radio.fm the mark and mac show where we appreciate you joining us each each day and we ask you to share it with a friend just hey listening to mark and mac life radio.fm mark northern yes. ireland wasn't that the home <laughs> of the uh uh, Marty McFly, Back to the Future DeLorean. Isn't that where they made oh, the DeLorean? It was in Ireland somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, when Northern Ireland has never been a place of peace and calm, okay? Hmm. And so I think I know why. I, because they think that there's a good thing when you have a vegan burger, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, hell? if you've got people in your community that think a vegan burger is something to celebrate, you've got a jacked up world, man. You know, I would fight over that. You never have to ask somebody if they're a vegan. They're no, go- no. They're going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, over and over and over. Right. How can you eat that? Well, it's easy. You put it in the mouth, start chewing. I know it. Well, this well. is, J- D- Dave, tried this. This is a vegan burger. No, it's not. <laughs> you know what? That No, I'm not eating that. You can't have a vegan burger that's medium rare. <laughs> I don't know. Did you try, you know, when Burger King had the, the no. impossible burger? I, no. I, I did. I 
and finally the curiosity got the better of me and I bought one. And, wow. um, honestly, I think if I had a regular Whopper and a vegan, you know, the vegan Whopper next to each other, the, the, the it would be obvious, mm-hmm. but without that comparison, it was like, wow, it's, it's no different. It's, it's no worse than any other Whopper I've had. You, you interpret that however you want yes. to, but it's no, it's no worse than any other Whopper I've ever had, but there is an odd aftertaste, yeah. you know, there's something there. So it's, it's, it becomes pretty obvious by the time you get through with it, that wasn't real. That wasn't a real burger. You know? It's like drinking tab, you yeah. know, back in the day. It's yeah, like, it's, what it's am like, I, like ah, what was that aftertaste? It's like fine drinks. going down. Yeah. 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 Well, a company in Northern Ireland, a food company has earned a Guinness world record by serving up a vegan hamburger that weighed 358 pounds, four ounces. <laughs> Finnebrog wow. Artisan, based in Downpatrick County Down, said a team of 10 employees used the company's Naked Evolution burger recipe to create the patty, and local bakery Irwin's was employed to bake the vegan bread bun. Mark, here's what actually happened. I'm going to cut to the chase, okay? Uh, <laughs> this restaurant had a big sale. And all day long, they expected all these people to come by and eat the vegan burger. At the end of the day, when they didn't come by, they were like, well, what are we going to do with it? Oh, wait a minute. Mush it all together. Make one big burger. (laughs) That's what they did, huh? (laughs) They topped it with tomatoes, lettuce, vegan cheese, onions, gherkins, vegan bacon, and the company's burger sauce, which is designed to hide the flavor of the vegan burger. Wow. Uh, Finnebrook said the giant patty, the equivalent of of 1,274 of the company's standard-sized vegan burgers, took nine hours to cook. Don't you know the outside of that thing was really nasty? The inside was barely done. (laughs) A Guinness adjudicator was on hand to verify that the finished product was a new world record for the largest vegan burger. This this just in nobody cares the, the burger, largest vegan vomit followed and the burger was sliced into portions and served to Finnebrook employees for lunch with the remainder being donated to local homelessness charity the Simon Community. What was really interesting is they noticed that day at the Simon Community everybody got a job. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, where singing a song and crawling on our belly like a reptile, just a couple of things we do for fun. <laughs> I'm glad you played that because an alligator rescued from Frigid <laughs> River in Pennsylvania, just not something I expect to see. I'm guessing this was like, this had to be one of those toilet flushes, you know? I It had to be a pet, you know? Yeah. It had to be. An, the owner of a Pennsylvania reptile sanctuary rescued a three-foot alligator spotted by fishermen in the frigid waters of a river. Christina Obrecht, she's the owner of Christina's Reptile and Animal Sanctuary in Palmerton. Hold on a minute, Mark. I don't expect to hear of a reptile sanctuary in Pennsylvania. I know. I, yeah. For whatever reason, I think of them always in the South or the Southwest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of the. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with right. you. Well, she responded with a volunteer. When uh, fisherman Logan Bauer and his father spotted this three-foot gator in the water while they were fishing in the Lehigh River in the Allentown area. Um he said, uh, I've, I, I've never seen anything like it. And I couldn't believe my dad when he told me what it was in the water. <laughs> Obrecht said the, uh, the gator <laughs> didn't put up much of a fight due to being exhausted from the cold. We <laughs> knew that it'd be, a, uh, that he'd be very inactive, especially because alligators can withstand cooler temperatures. However, once it gets too cold, they can become severely inactive. So we knew he wouldn't act completely wild. 
Hmm. Uh, Obrecht said the alligator was likely a pet that was abandoned by its owner Uh when it became too large to keep. People don't think about that. Oh, look, they're so cute. And then, ah! Uh, she said the alligator wouldn't have survived for very long in the river due to the cold temperatures uh she said uh, sometimes these pet owners are even embarrassed to call a place we we definitely want to stress to never be embarrassed everyone makes mistakes alligators do not make good pets if you ever ever have an alligator please call a facility there's always someone around to help there is and you know um we we make jokes about pets and we make jokes about living in a petting zoo and things like that and rescue dogs but i will tell you the reason you know we talked about gizmo earlier yes my uh little corgi who's paralyzed right from the his back legs don't work but anyway he was uh a he's a rescue dog because he he was uh he looks like gizmo from that movie um gremlins right yeah okay and he was a christmas gift that parents bought their little kids and oftentimes a gift will come with, you know, rules. Yeah, you got to take yeah. care of him. You know, we want a dog. He's so cute. And they get him and they, you got to clean up the stuff. Well, anyway, this dog was left in the freezing cold outside. He was very small and a neighbor heard him crying. Oh. And this neighbor knew us, knew LaDonna and called and said, Hey, um, there's a dog out here and he, it, it was freezing cold. He, you know, anyway, she brought the dog to us. Okay. And she said, I don't know what to do. I figured y'all did, you know, and LaDonna, it was right after my dog Tanner had passed away. I did not want another dog. Yeah. But I also, when we got, when we got Gizmo and Mark, this dog had gum on his back that had been on his back so long that we couldn't, we had to shave his back to get Mm. the gum out. Okay. He had little ice crystals around his paws because he had been in water. I mean, and he was just so helpless. It was horrible. And the bottom line is don't buy your children a gift that comes with rules unless you plan on either teaching them how to take care of it, you know, and being actively involved. Yeah. It's not fair to the animal to just put them out there, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing is, is that you, know, we knew he was somebody's gift because, and I'm not ragging on these people, but the thing is three days after we've had Gizmo in our house and we had to love him up. I mean, and he was such a loving little dog, but Three days, we get a phone call, and she says, hey, um, I heard my neighbors outside calling for the dog. Now, he had already been in our house three days. He was had been outside crying at their house for a couple of days before that. Mm. Three days, they finally go out looking for the dog. Mm. And so she says, I got to take him back. And we're like, well, take him back, but please tell them, you know, say something. Yeah. And so she did. And she shows up and she said, I'm really sorry. I didn't know he was yours, you know? Yeah. And you know what they told her? I'm not kidding, Mark. We were hoping he ran away. Oh man. And that's how we found out that he was a gift for the kids at Christmas. Yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, uh, I'm thinking about this alligator that somebody bought as a gift and yeah. it got too big and they just cut him loose. You can't do that. Hmm. It's not fair to the animal, you know? Yeah. It's like, and so, and we're heading into Christmas and a lot of people are going to buy pets for Christmas. Yep. Look, don't buy a pet for somebody that didn't ask for it. 
mm-hmm. first of all. And that happens a lot. Uh, Don't buy a pet for your children and expect they're going to be an adult and take care of it. They're not. Right. They're children. You have to teach them how to take care of them. Yeah. And it's involved. It's very hands-on. Mm-hmm. And if you're not both working, yeah, I mean, if it look, man, bear the responsibility. Yes. Just, oh, because what's going to happen along about February, which, you know, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. There will be a puppy outside crying in the freezing cold, and people will hope that he'll just run away. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, I, you know, it doesn't need to happen. And, no. you know, and Mark, one last thing. If that is you, if you have a pet and, you know, you didn't realize you, you made a mistake, okay? Everybody makes mistakes. Don't compound it by hurting the animal. Go mm. ahead and call. Yeah. There, you know what? If, if you want, send us a message via Facebook and we'll arrange it. Right. Okay. We, we you know, if you don't want to call a shelter or something, if you don't know what to do and you, you okay. If you're not adult enough to look this up for yourself, we'll mm, do it for you. Right. That's how bad this is. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And, you know, after COVID, um, Humane Society, they were overrun with animals. If you're looking at a pet, mm-hmm. if you want a pet for your home, go to the shelters. Don't go to the shelters first because after COVID, there were so many dogs and cats that were yes. dumped. Oh, my gosh, because people, you know, they got them while they were locked in the house. And now right. they're, they're trying to get back into life. They can't take care of the animals. And they're making the right decision by dumping it off. Mm. They are, but hey, yeah, anyway. with a shelter, yes, yeah, that's the right decision. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to get the soapbox out of here. Yeah. yeah. Just every day I see Gizmo, I think about that every yeah. day, and you know he didn't deserve that. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Max Show, and I do want to apologize for the last <laughs> break. It just. <laughs> Well, it's a heartfelt issue. It really is. I mean, it is. You, these little guys are just, I mean, I've said this and before. We're talking about animals. And, yeah, animals and specifically dogs. That's yes. where we got to. Was it, and it, cats. You yeah, know, my that's cat. That's true, too, yeah. The cat that I, you know, you told me that cat owns me. He does. And you know why we ended up with him? <laughs> yes. Because somebody, somebody took him to me. She, somebody didn't want him. Uh-huh. Took him to my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, okay, blind. Yeah. Not, you know. She, yeah. This was on her last you know yes i got you and so somebody thought it'd be a nice thing to do to mm-hmm. give a blind old woman who's bedridden a responsibility right you yeah. know yeah. what what were you thinking and so mimi's like I, I i can't see him to find him i can't you know right yeah yeah and it's, so it's not a therapy animal if they have to no. take care of it you know right <laughs> and it's like so they were like just get rid of it and that cat LaDonna, because i married ellie may and then yes. we birthed Melly may it's like they couldn't do anything so that's how i ended up with the cat but right. anyway <laughs> i digress i apologize yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is that with dogs specifically with dogs yes the way dogs are wired um yeah. they just you become the center of their universe you're yep. everything to them and if you abandon them someplace to think about that, mm, just yeah. think about oh. what you're doing to that dog. It's, it's a terrible oh. thing. Yeah. And by the really way, is. just yeah. one last little thing. Yes. If you think, um, uh, dumping them on the road gives them a chance. Okay. Yeah. If you take them to a show, a lot of people think this, if I take my dog to a shelter, oh. they're just going to put him down. Um, if you take a dog that has been nothing, they've never known anything but living in a home, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. you think uh, dumping them in the wild is yeah. a good thing? It's not. No, it's it'd a be like dumping thing. your children out there. Yeah. It's the same, so. same kind of thing. All right. Okay, Mark, um, the, back to something else I told you about. Yeah. The story started out about alligators being yeah. dumped. And I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I told you in the break, and you were like, what? <laughs> that yeah. when, I, when we were kids, my brother and I were kids, my dad brought home an alligator from work one day. And apparently somebody he worked with 
um, it's a baby alligator. Somebody from work bought it and thought this is going to be awesome. And when he got it home, his wife said, no, not in my house, you know? So he ended up at our house. Right. And we had, so we had a, we had a baby wow. alligator for a while. And, uh, I remember going to see, we were little kids, we were little kids. So my mom's taking us for a checkup at the pediatrician and she, she asked us, so tell me, how'd you get the scratches all over your hands? <laughs> Our pet alligator. <laughs> so had, I asked Mark, what happened to him? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm thinking, you know what? Now you need to go back to your mind and think two things. One, <laughs> did you get a really cool belt for your birthday? And did you have a moment where mom looked at dad and said, it tastes just like chicken? Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.